Welcome to Focused on Forward. The purpose of this podcast is to focus on recovery from life situations, be it a disease, chronic or acute, perhaps the loss of someone so dear to you in death, or a change of life patterns that has affected you so profoundly that you have no choice but to find your new normal and become focused on moving forward. Each episode is designed to show the positivity that people bring to each and every one of their stories, the successes they've had, ways that they have become so definitively focused on moving forward. We look forward to sharing their stories, and we hope that they inspire you just as much as they have inspired us. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Focused on Forward. Today, we have the pleasure of talking with a longtime friend of mine. His name is Nick Thorne. Now, Nick and I went to school together, we went both middle school and, and high school. And uh, if, just in case our high school math teacher is listening, Mr. Sanders, I'm sorry, but Nick also helped me cheat uh, on our math tests. Um, we can give you a more detailed story later if you're so inquisitive. But I, so I've known Nick for a long time. We played basketball together. We hung out together while we were kids in school. And, um, but as things go, as you get older, life kind of drifts, drifts you apart. But uh, Nick and I have stayed in touch through Facebook and things over the years. So uh, very happy to have Nick on today. He's got a really cool story of how he overcame a challenge in his life. And Nick, uh, so we're, we're glad to have you here. Thank you for being here. And so whenever you're ready, go ahead and get started. Excellent. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate you uh, having me on today. So um, for those of you that don't know me, um, my name is Nick Thorne, like you said, and I'm in the mortgage field and real estate business and um, kind of got into a vicious cycle of just through work, starting to meet with people and drink more and more. And it was starting to kind of take over my life, um, take over my family and started to hurt a lot of the relationships that I had. So um, in November of 2018, um, I decided that it was time to quit drinking and um, almost coming up on two years sober now. So um, it was obviously a huge, huge change for me and my family. And um, it's it was a definitely a necessary, it was definitely necessary to, to do it. Um, it was one of the harder things I've had to overcome every day. It's still a struggle at times, but uh, my family is just so much happier with me being sober. And my, I've gained new relationships I never would have had. My business is busier than it's ever been. And um, I only thing I can I can tell you is that um, it I'm never there's never a day that goes by now that I don't still think about drinking. However, realize that my life is actually better without it. So that's been kind of the big change that I've made. Um, I'm kind of an eccentric person. I'm kind of all in on whatever I do, and I was definitely a huge drinker. I mean, I was drinking probably anywhere from five to seven drinks at lunchtime, then going out afterwards, meeting up with the realtors, having three or four more, and then going out with another group and having three or four. And that was almost five days a week. So to go from that extreme to um, cutting it off, um, I understand people's struggles. It's the hardest thing that I've ever had to give up. Um, I completely um, get why it's so frustrating and it's so hard and it's just, it's so tempting. But um, all I can tell you is that, yeah, my life is so much better without it, and my family loves me, um, and everything's just turned around for the, absolutely for the best. So, um, okay. 
Let's, yeah. let's talk about how you got into it. You said it was just, you kind of fell into it. Um, now, yeah. having been in sales myself for many years, um, you know, the business lunch is not an uncommon thing. Uh, and having a, having a cocktail on a business lunch or a business dinner is not an uncommon thing. So how did, how did that turn from being an uncommon thing into a, a common thing for you? Well, um, you know, when I first got into it, it, like you said, I never would go out to lunch and have drinks with anybody, but then you start to get a little bit more successful. You start to reach out to some of the people that are, you know, some of the bigger producers and it's almost kind of a given that you're going to be paying for lunch or you would be, you know, having a drink or two with them and going golfing, that sort of thing. And that's kind of how business was done. And, you know, alcoholism is definitely, I mean, it's a disease and it's an addiction. And when you start, when you're somebody like me, who's got that kind of personality where you just keep going and going, um, when you start down that vicious cycle, it's easy to all of a sudden go from, you know, I would have two beers with a guy at, you know, during a happy hour, I would never do it during the day to, okay, next week, we don't have anything to do in the afternoon. So we'll just have a couple of drinks and watch the game um, before, you know, before happy hour even starts to all of a sudden, it's just, you're doing it every day. Um, it's a vicious, vicious slope and addiction runs, runs hard in me. And so it was very, very easy to fall into that trap and a lot more difficult to dig out of it. Okay. So has that, you know, I call it an addictive personality because I've always said that if I was uh, to ever struggle with something, I would be like the mouse uh, in the lab who found the happy button and just sitting there bouncing on it. Um, <laughs> you know, just like, yeah, here we go, here we go. Let's do it, do it, do it. Um, but, you know, because addiction runs in my family as well. And so I, I always try to be very cautious about it. Uh, so, you know, I'm always interested when somebody says that, you know, they, this is something that they just kind of, it just kind of happened. Um, you know, and I think that's what kind of sounds like in your case, it just, you didn't realize that it was happening, but, but there it was. Exactly. Yeah. You don't even, you don't even have a clue. Just literally one day I was always drunk and I don't know how it happened. I don't know how quickly it happened. Um, my wife can probably tell you the exact dates of everything because that's what makes her my wife. But um, yeah, it just it felt like it was just overnight. All of a sudden, I was just a raging alcoholic where Mondays were becoming my favorite day of the week for two reasons. Everybody knew I was Monday morning Nick. But the real reason I was Monday morning Nick was because I was excited because Monday through Friday is when I'd go to the bar drinking. I don't drink on the weekends. I don't drink at home. That stuff's not that fun. I wanted to drink and be social. I wanted to go out and be around people when I was drinking. And um, so okay. Monday through Friday, I was drinking. So that's the real probably, probably the real reason I was Monday morning Nick. Okay. So yeah, you were, you were a good time Charlie then. Yeah. Wanted to be yeah. around everybody. Okay. Exactly. All right. Exactly. So social alcoholism was, was more your thing than not, not uh, 24 seven. No, no. But I managed during the, well, eight to 10 hours, uh, 12 hours that you could be social drinking. I managed to shove in a lot of drinking during those times to make up for the other 12 that I wasn't being social. So, yeah. Yeah, no, if, if you know, you just do the math on what you had said earlier, you're talking, you know, 15 drinks in a 12 hour period. That's, you know, <laughs> 10 to 15 drinks. That's, that's a lot. That's an awful lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So how did you come to terms with it when it came time for when, 
you know, and how did you come to terms with it? How, you know, was it your wife stepping up and saying, hey, you have to do something? Or was there a realization from within that I need to do something different? I need to look at some, this situation differently. I would love to tell you that it was my wife stepping up because she had been stepping up for a long, long time and trying to help get me um, to realize it. But with my personality, if you are telling me what I need to be doing, then that means I'm going to be doing the opposite because nobody's going to tell me what to do. And um, so honestly, what it came down to is the realization that, hey, you are about to lose your career. You're about to lose your family because, and you're getting old. You, your, your health is going. Um, you're overweight, you're out of shape, and you're just, you're getting old. And you need to do something now because otherwise it's going to be too late. And I find that everything in life is kind of like based on a pendulum. You know, when things are going really, really good, you know, it's one thing, but if you screw up and that pendulum swings the other way, it can really hurt. And, um, you know, I had been obviously just talking, you know, I was out there drinking and driving almost every single day. And um, it's the only way you could get from one meeting to the other. And as many times, I've been probably doing this for six, eight years, five days a week, do that math. Um, as many times as I've been out there, I never got a ticket, never got pulled over, never hurt anybody, never did, got hurt myself, nothing bad ever happened to me. So when that finally, that pendulum finally caught up to me, and it will, it absolutely will catch up to you. You cannot do it forever and not get caught, not get burned. You're going to get burned once. And when you're doing something that many times and that pendulum swings, it's going to be vicious. Um, I could have killed somebody. And, um, you know, I take full responsibility for that. Um, I feel horrible for what I did for all those years and how irresponsible it was. And that's part of the reason I'm doing things like this is because I want people to know that one, you're not alone. I understand this addiction. I understand the power that addiction has on you, whether it is drugs, whether it is alcohol, whether it's cigarettes, whether it's whatever you can fill in the blank. Addiction is addiction and it's really, really strong. It can be consuming. And I don't want to see that pendulum swing on others when literally just maybe hearing that there's another guy, just a normal guy like you that's been dealing with the same thing, that maybe that story might just help you to stop before and I got very, very lucky where I have a very strong family. I've got a very strong wife. Um, my boss is amazing. And the company I work for is amazing. And I don't have, a, you know, I just don't have those kind of worries now because I know I'm taking care of them because I finally decided that it was time to get right with myself. And that's the key is you've got to get right with yourself. You've got to do it for yourself. And the, the reasons can be my family, my work, my career, but I have to choose to do it. And I'm doing it for me. And I'm doing it because I want to have a career. I want to take care of my family. I want to provide for my family. I want to have a family to provide for. And those are a lot of the reasons why I decided that, hey, it's time right now to quit drinking. And literally the night before, I had picked up a case of remember what kind of beer I bought now because it was almost two years ago hard to believe but I just picked up a case of beer and it was sitting right outside my step as soon as I walked outside for like the first like month and just as a reminder of just sitting there looking at me like dude and I never touched it and decided that it was just kind of it was good for me personally to just know that this was my choice that it could sit there and that um you know I'm choosing not to drink it 
Um, for awesome. other people, it's other people, it might be better though if you're just not around it at all because you need to get strong first. You know, to each each person is completely different. I don't mind being around people drinking because about an it's funny about an hour in, I realize, hey, these people aren't as cool as they think they are, and it's not really that funny. And about two hours <laughs> in, I'm like, dude, I'm so glad I don't drink. The only times now it's really funny because I'm a social drunk. Is the, now the only times I want to drink are when I'm by myself and I'm like, dude, I'm so bored. There's nothing to do around here. Like hmm, going out to the bar and having a few drinks would be fun. And maybe I can handle it now. And you know what? It wouldn't be a big deal. I probably could handle it now. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I know in another month I'm going to be drinking every day. So that's why I don't do it because I'm smart enough to realize once you go down that road again, you're down the road. And I don't want to, I just don't want to give that up. I don't want to give up the 99% of my life that I'm super, super happy with, that everybody else is happier with me, the new business opportunities that I have had that would never, ever came my way if I was still drinking. Um, it's been amazing. It's been truly amazing for me and my family. And Excellent. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about how, once you came to that realization and you started working your way out of this slide, what were the steps that you took to help correct the situation? Because you said first you had to you had to conquer your own realization. So you've done that, now let's talk about the next step. What's the next step for Nick and his progress forward? Announcing it to the world. Um, once I decided that I needed to tell people, hey, I'm not drinking, I'm sober. Um, those people now became uh, people that could just keep me in check. Um, if somebody saw me out and I was out playing cards, <laughs> then forget one night, I. It was like 11, 12, like 12 o'clock. And um, I was drinking an orange juice. Just felt like an orange juice. And one of the, the people that I actually work with saw me and she's like, oh my gosh, Nick, you just posted about not drinking. Give me that. And she took it and took a drink of it. She's like, dude, this is orange juice. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Can I have my orange juice back? Like those people are out there keeping me in check and making sure that they're not allowing me, so to speak, um, to to be drinking. They're not going to enable me to drink like they used to drink. And um, it, that's made it a lot more fun and a lot more, I'd honestly say it's been made it easier for me because I know doing this publicly and letting other people follow my story and having so many people tell me, hey, Nick, I've been watching you. I really appreciate your message. Um, you inspire me. You've helped me stay sober one day. And now if all of a sudden they go to the bar and they're, you know, they go to a restaurant, there I am sitting up at the bar and having a drink, everything comes crashing down. And it seems like everywhere I go, especially on those days where I'm just like, dude, today might be the day because a drink sounds better than anything else in life right now. Um, I'll almost always run into one of those people or get a text or a Facebook message or something I posted a year and a half ago, all of a sudden we'll get a ding and pop up in my face. It's funny how that works. And um, that's awesome. I really, and I appreciate you, all of you. I appreciate every one of you that helps keep me sober, that helps give me motivation to stay sober. Um, it's huge. It's really huge because something this big, I don't think you can do alone. You need to have, whether it's your faith, whether it's an accountability group, because one person, you can't just lean on one person for, any, for anything, because that's not even fair to that person to just have that be the only person. That's too much weight for any one person. No, you'd on. burn them out. You know, you do. So you need to have, you, it, takes a, it takes a village to raise a kid. It also takes a village to, to be an adult. I mean, you need help. You need friends. You need people you can count on. 
you need to be able to turn somewhere and just be like, hey, I'm not the only person that's an alcoholic or an addict or whatever your scenario might be. Okay. So did you fight the road alone or did you go to an accountability group like N or AA or things along those lines? Um, I did not. Um, I did not go to any of those um, types of groups. Um, I've got some friends in the program and they love them. They do absolutely amazing. Um, it was just not for me. Um, I chose, uh, basically I turned to my faith, um, really started getting a lot um, more back in with the church and just working on my relationships. I knew what I wanted to do and I knew what I was going to do. And um, once I started, once the ball started rolling, I think it was about a month in when I made my first video and actually announced it to everybody. Maybe it was six months. No, I think it was six months when I actually made my first video. I waited a month and actually then told my wife that, hey, have you noticed anything different in the last like, few weeks? And we, um, she's like, yeah, things have just been a little bit better and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't actually drank. And she's like, yeah, right. And she didn't even believe it. And I'm like, yeah, think about it. And she's like, hold it, you're right. And um, then about six months, I announced it to everybody else. But um, yeah, I remember that video. I'm, yeah, that was, that was a hard video. That was a really hard video to make. But um, so anyways, oh yeah, circle back to your question, sorry. Um, no, I did not um, go to any of those meetings or anything, but I made sure that I had um, solid structure around me. And I'm not a, if I don't choose to go out, if I just come home, there's not a whole lot of drinking or um, those kind of things around me. So, um, you know, as we stopped drinking in November, so that um, New Year's um, was gonna, that was gonna be the first really big test, you know, get through the holidays, got through those, then get to New Year's and um, we decided to just go get a hotel with a pool for me and my wife and the kids and uh, just played some games and because it was just too much for me to be out in a party already and seeing everybody drinking and having a good time. So um, I needed some time before I could actually be around those kind of circumstances. But um, no, I didn't. I, I just really leaned on my faith and my family and my ex extremely strong wife. Okay. Well, although you didn't go to the group, it sounds like you use some of the same principles. You change your people, your places, your things. You, uh, you know, uh, a couple of the people that I've talked to who've gone through uh, anonymous programs like that, whether it's uh, NA or AA, um, you know, they talk about, you know, finding their higher power and, and working with them and, uh, and, and things along those lines, whatever that their higher power may be. Um, but uh, so it sounds like you use some of the same principles and and also establishing a, a core group that's going to help you through uh, those things. So, you know, you talked about you have this this wide range of people that help you. So, but outside of your wife, how many people would you say are in your what you would call your core group of people that you lean on that you could call at a moment's notice and say, you know, you don't have to name them unless you want to, but um, but you know, these are the you know. <laughs> however many number of people that I, I lean on strongly. Because for each person that I've talked to, there seems to be a, a varying number. One person I talked to had only uh, about two people that they, that they leaned on, uh, their sponsor in, in AA and then you know somebody else. Uh, and somebody else had about five or six. And so I'm always curious what the, the, the range is uh, for different people. Because every, like you've mentioned earlier, the way you do things clearly is a little bit different than the way other people do things. Correct. Correct. And that number is definitely going to vary Um, that number. Honestly, is probably a pretty low number for a lot of people because um, 
it's just hard to find those kind of people that you really truly can lean on and count on no matter what. Um, but those, I don't have any issues naming the people that I can count on because I think they deserve to be um, credited because it's a huge responsibility to be able to be a, a counted on by somebody. Agreed. Um, my, bro my brothers, Jason, Adam, Nathan, I can absolutely count on them. Um, my friend Connor can absolutely count on him. My mom, my grandma, um, and uh, my mom's husband, Larry. Um, those are the people that I know for sure. I call them right now. They will be there. Um, when it comes to my sobriety, Mike King is a huge influence on me. Um, I know he would be there for me. Um, probably missing a couple of people, and I apologize because I didn't know about this question. I'll have to think about that one. But, That's um, okay. I like to spring things on people. people. Yeah. Yeah. Later on, if I remember somebody else, make sure you throw that in the video too. Yeah, I'll be happy to. <laughs> okay, so now we, we've gotten to a point where we've, we've started working our way through. So you've changed your people, your places, your things. What's the next step in your progression? So you, you've, you've made these changes. You've, made, you've, you've come to the point of accountability. How does Nick proceed from there? It's huge for you to get sober, for you to change whatever your addictions are. Um, and that is a really, really big deal for you and for your immediate circle, it really is. But to truly be able to get all the blessings that you, that you deserve, to truly be able to get all the reward that you have earned by breaking those chains, by getting rid of those shackles, you need to be able to help some others as well. Um, you need, and that doesn't mean that you need to be a sponsor of somebody or that you need to be able to, um, you know, bur take on burdens of anybody else. I don't mean it by that way at all, but I think you have to share your story. Um, and that's a big thing for me is just sharing my story and letting other people hear me. And when an opportunity comes, when I see somebody that needs to hear my story, I'm comfortable sharing it in person or wherever I'm at. I'm not saying people need to do that either, but if you fought through something, and you're proud of it, and it's an accomplishment, announce it. Let other people hear that story, because if at the end of the day, it makes you feel good, and if somebody else is like, hey, that is inspiring to me, oh my gosh, you helped me, that is even, that's the glow. That's the glow that you really want, that deep feeling of just satisfaction and love, and you're like, hey, I did something good today. And that's really, really huge, and you get that from, from helping others. And, um, I think that you need to share your story. And on top of that, when you share your story, now you are accountable. Literally, it makes it harder for you to cheat and go back and do whatever you were doing when the people are out there knowing that you're not supposed to be doing this. And one quick way to find out whether or not they're your true friend, if I go to the bar and order a drink and he doesn't take it out of my hand, he's not my friend and he's not a part of my circle. There you go. Yeah, so, uh, they're not helping you. <laughs> Anybody that's around me will not allow me to drink. So if I have to, if I want to drink, I'm drinking alone, which is boring. <laughs> yeah, it kind of takes away the social aspect from you, doesn't it? it kind of does. All right. Well, that's all right. That's good too, though. No, I like it. So, I appreciate it. Yeah. So how does your, you kind of, you kind of touched on this earlier, but how does this affect you day to day? Because you said it was, there are some challenges for you every day. There's some days where you wake up and you're like, man, it could be today. But realistically, 
you know, going on those days when you feel like that, how does it affect you day to day? And how do you get past that feeling? That's when I truly go back to the AA motto of just for today. Um, I don't worry about what's going on. I don't talk about, and I never say I'm never going to drink either. I very well might drink one day. I have no idea because I don't worry about it down the road. I just take it one day at a time. And I know that's cheesy and, but it actually really does work. Those really, really rough days where I'm literally about to pull into someplace. I'm just like, Hey, I absolutely can't. Cause I don't want somebody seeing me that randomly went to high school with or something in the middle of some random town in middle of Michigan, because somebody will always find me. It feels like, and I just keep that mentality. And I'm like, I can't disappoint people. I can't disappoint my wife. And I'm just like, you know what? I'll just worry about it tomorrow. I'll just get through today. I've, I'm almost coming up on two years. Um, anybody can hit a year. How hard, it's hard to hit two years. As soon as I hit two years, okay, it's easy to hit two years now. How hard is it to hit three? I kind of like get myself little goals and little motivation for myself of, you know, things to keep working towards. So I think it's also important to work towards something. That's a huge part of the problem why people start drinking again is once they hit a year, they're like, all right, I've stopped drinking for a year. I'm not an alcoholic no more. Now I can handle it. I can handle it absolutely. No. Absolutely not. But in your mind, you think you can. And I'm smart enough to realize my mind's wrong on this one. And I know I can't handle it. But those are, that's how the, the brain works. And that's how addiction works. And you hear the voices start to go at you of, no, you can handle it. It's not a big deal. Nobody's even around. Okay, just hit the gas station. Then you, buy, you can buy a bottle. And then you can drink. And I'm like, dude, how, why would I want to do that? And then you can, you can actually hear the voices go at each other. And I'm like, dude, no, just not drinking today. And that's it. That's how I do it. One day at a time, my friend, one day at a time. I don't think that's cheesy at all, really. Um, because I, I, I look at it from, from the perspective. It's a real, it's a very real, uh, realistic way of looking at it. Because I, you know, when I talk to people on the show, I equate things to how we dealt with things with my daughter when her coming, with her hospital experience and coming out of the hospital and all those things. You know, um, because that was very much our motto getting through that. And it's still our motto because she has her good days and she has her bad days. So we deal with things one day at a time. We deal with it at, in the moment and, you know, just kind of take it from there because I, I don't think there's another way to be able to deal with situations like this that are, that are life challenging. And really what you're dealing with is something that I consider to be life challenging because if you make the wrong decision, you know, it adversely affects you. Just like you mentioned earlier with the, the pendulum concept. I think that's a, a very good uh, outlook as well. So you mentioned the, uh, the importance of sharing your success. Now, I, I've had other people talk to me and say that they've had other people come back to them and say that the, their success influenced somebody else. Have you had that happen yet where somebody comes back and says, I stopped drinking or I stopped doing this, this, or this because of the, in your influence? Has that, has that come full circle for you yet? Absolutely. Um, it's happened multiple times for me um, where I, one time in particular really stands out and I'll like to share this story where we we're at a graduation party and I walked into the garage where all the food and everything was because I'm fat and I wanted to eat. And um, as food, one of their, yeah, it's food and they had like, like nacho cheese and stuff. So it was pretty good. Um, and anyways, so walked into the garage and there was a lady there and she had a drink and she was talking to a couple other people and found out that she had just gotten sober about 30 days ago, maybe. 
and not even, maybe not even 30 days. And, and I'm going to apologize. And so she had just gotten sober and she was about to have a drink. Literally, it was in her hand. And I had been talking with somebody else at that time because somebody had just questioned, asked me what was going on as she had walked up. And she's like, oh, wow, you would stop drinking? And I told her a little bit about what I had been doing. And she's like, yeah, my kids really wanted me to stop drinking. They didn't like it when I was drinking either. But, um, I, you know, it, I just decided to drink today. And she just kind of sat there and him and hawed for a minute. And then she ended up giving her drink to her, to not her friend, but the lady that was standing next to her. Saying, you know what, I think I'm going to take off, put her drink down. And I found out six months later that she still hadn't drank. So that was a really huge one where. Oh, that's I, cool. If I had been there, she was drinking. She had the drink in her hand and she was halfway to her mouth with it. So if it wouldn't have been for somebody that saw me, asked me, hey, Nick, I saw on Facebook, this is going on. How are you doing with that? Started talking to them and she walked into that conversation. She would have gone back to her old ways and it was destroying her family. So that was one that was directly, um, I thought was really amazing. Oh, that's really cool though. Yeah. So that's, and that's got to reinforce your position as well. Your feeling as well for what you're doing. Exactly. hundred percent. And now I've got her. I mean, if, if I go back to drinking, what did I show her? You know, I'm yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's, 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 it's nice. It's a really nice way to start looking at things when you know that you are helping others. It just makes you feel better. It makes life just easier and it makes life just feel more like living. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So having a little bit of accountability because of the positivity of your story. That's, I like that. That's good. Positive positive accountability, not the negative accountability because negative accountability will never help keep you sober. When you got somebody harping and just always on you, that's not going to work. You have to have the positive accountability. Very true. I, yes, positive accountability is way better. You are a hundred percent correct on that. So let me ask you this. This is a question I like to ask every guest that I have on and I talk to them. And so not to reduce your story to one thing that you've learned or one sentence or anything along those lines. But if you look back on the entirety of your journey with this from uh, the realization that you needed to become sober uh, because of the lifestyle changes were needed and all those things to the point where you are today. If you can look back over that and say, this is the best thing I learned during this process, what would that be? To listen to my wife, just in case she's listening to this. Um, no, honey, they, didn't, they, didn't, they never posted it. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, honestly, I'd say the biggest thing that I would take away from all of this, um, you just, you've, got, you've got to have people that are close to you. Whether, whatever your particular thing you are into, whether it's your faith, whether it's you know just your family, um, you need people that are going to be close to you. You need people that you can lean on, that you can talk to, and that are going to be like-minded kind of folks. Um, life, we are meant to be social people. We really, truly are. We're meant to be around other people. And even for those of you that do not like to be social, you still, you need people around. You really, truly do. It's what keeps you sane. And um, you might not have to be around a lot of people. And it might be just one, two, three people. But you need, we need to be social. And you need to make sure that your circle is filled with people that are actually going to help you. Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. That's, um, 
kind of one of my mottos. And um, you've got to keep those kind of people around you that are going to help keep you accountable, that are going to help keep you going forward, that are actually <laughs> mutually beneficial, where, you know, you, you, un, you lean on them, they lean on you, and you guys help each other through life. Um, that's what you need. All right. Very good. I like that as well. Yeah. So we, we, you know, on this podcast, we try to fo make sure that we focus on, on the things that are positive about people's journeys. And, you know, and, I, and when I look at, at your story, uh, the thing that the positivity that I pick out of it is not just that you recognize that there was a need for change, but you have executed that need for change. And I think, I think, one of the things that's most infectious about your story really is, is your level of positivity about it. Because, you know, for those of you who don't know, Nick, this is the way he's talking right now is this is not, this is nothing new. <laughs> this is Nick. Uh, he's very, he's a very positive person for the most part. Uh, he's human though. We have, he has his days, I'm sure like everybody else. Um, but the positivity he puts forward with this situation uh, is heartfelt. And so what you're hearing is, is is really who he is and he's genuine about being open about these things and sharing these things. So it's very appreciative uh, on my behalf, really. I'm very appreciative that you came on today and that, that you talked with everybody and, and shared your story. If there's one piece of parting advice that you think you could share with people, other than the fact that they need to be open and be social, what is, what is the best piece of advice that you think you could share? Best piece of advice that I can share. Um, that's a that's a good one, man. That's a really good question. Um, well, we try for stumpers I would, every now and then. So I would say the the one thing that you should really truly do is just be honest with yourself. Um, you have to when you decide that it's okay for you to take a drink. When you decide it's okay for you to smoke or for you to whatever your particular thing is once again um you need to be honest with yourself you need to hold <laughs> hold yourself accountable so to speak but um honesty is just the key to everything if you have to lie about it then you know what you're doing is wrong if you can be honest about whatever you're doing and you feel totally fine with it generally speaking um I find in my life that that's okay, then, then I'm going to do it. Um, I know that if I were to go have a drink and I come home and my wife smells beer on me um, and she's like, hey, did you have a beer? I'm going to say no. Why? Because I know that what I did was wrong and I shouldn't have, and so I'm going to lie. So, but just make sure that you're being honest. Be honest with yourself. Um, be honest with the people around you. Um, honesty is the key. And if you can't, if you know, if what you're doing is wrong, and you, then you have, to, and you have to lie about it. It's just not what you need to be doing. That's good. All right. I like that. So yeah, being honest, making sure that you're being open with everything you're doing. Yeah. Cause I think that uh, sometimes when people are going through these things, you know, it's real easy just to cover it up and, and, or try to cover it up, feel like you're covering it up. But uh, as, as a uh, previous guest also said that, you know, he wasn't covering it nearly as well as he thought he was. So you're really only fooling yourself at that point. 100%. Everybody already knows what you're doing. So. Right. Yeah, very much. Well, Nick, thank you so much for being on today. This has been a, a nice discussion. I hope that, uh, you know, that uh, if, if you're struggling with addiction, 
if you're struggling with uh, whether what like he said whether it's anywhere from cigarettes to uh, alcohol to narcotics whatever it may be if you're struggling be open be honest with the people that you love find some support and really find the will to make the change you have the you know we'll put a few resources down and some links down below uh, to some support groups that that may help you and when this podcast is listed and the information down below you'll see some links there uh, to help you uh, along your journey and so that you too, just like Nick has become, you can become focused on forward. So Nick, thank you very much for being here today. We appreciate your time. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a great day. All right. Sounds good. Well, that concludes another episode of Focused on Forward. To be a guest of Focused on Forward, you can reach us through Twitter at podcast FOF, through our Facebook page named Focused on Forward, or through email focusedonforward at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing each and every one of your stories that has yet to be told. So until then, be safe, be kind, and be loving to one another as you stay focused on forward.